Your world is an illusion. Your choices are irrelevant. Your friends, your family, and everyone around you are just manifestations of your mind. You're a trapped animal in a cage, a virtual reality created more than 250,000 years ago for a single purpose, to use you as food. Your emotions are food for those who created the cage. Feelings of happiness and joy are digestible, but those emotions are nowhere near as nourishing as sadness, malice, and especially anger. Pain on a small scale is good, but pain due to war, famine, and pandemics? Well, that's even better. You're born, you grow, and you spend the first third of your life learning how to live in a society that barely knows you exist. Maybe get married, have kids, maybe even grandkids. Then you die, and the pain ends. But death is just the beginning. Because now, you get to do it all over again. The oldest recorded history comes from ancient Sumerian texts. And that's where we're first introduced to the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki are believed to be seven deities, also referred to as the seven gods who decree. Their purpose was to determine the fate of mankind. And their stories mirror some that we find in Greek mythology. And like the Greek gods, the Anunnaki dwell in the heavens, but also interact with people and influence events here on Earth. Gods from polytheistic religions like the Anunnaki, the Greek gods, and the Roman gods served many purposes. They were used to explain natural phenomena like Zeus creating thunderstorms. Thor also served this role in Norse mythology. The gods provided comfort about the uncertainties of life and questions about mortality, the afterlife, and human suffering. Gods and their myths established social norms and values. Myths often included lessons about the virtues of honesty, courage, and wisdom, or the danger of hubris and deceit. Worshiping gods who represent these qualities creates a framework for social and moral order. Gods are part of the creation myth of many cultures, used to explain the origin of mankind. This was also true for the ancient Sumerians. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, written thousands of years ago, the Anunnaki are directly involved in the creation of humans. However, the stories about the Anunnaki might not be myths. The stories might be history. Zechariah Sitchin, in his book, The Twelfth Planet, claims the Anunnaki are actually aliens who visited Earth thousands of years ago from their home planet Nibiru. When they arrived, the deity called Enki added alien DNA to ancient man, and the result was us. The intention was to create a slave species to mine gold for the Anunnaki. The gold was refined and used in terraforming their home planet, which was suffering from a poisoned atmosphere. Now, this may sound like a far-fetched story to some, Not to me. but this creation story shows up in other cultures as well. There is an ancient Zulu legend about two brothers named Wawani and Mpanku, who were from an alien race with scaly skin. Thousands of years ago, the brothers stole an egg from a fire dragon, emptied out the yolk until it was hollow, and then rolled it across the sky to Earth. That egg was the moon. Many ancient texts describe a time when the moon didn't exist, or at least it didn't exist here. Aristotle wrote about the Pelasgians, who lived in ancient Greece since the oldest days, at a time before the moon. Apollonius of Rhodes also talks about a time when the moon wasn't yet in the sky. In ages past, before the silver orb adorned night's somber shroud, Gaia stood alone. The tides lay still, untouched by Luna's grasp, and darkness reigned where moonlight never cast its tranquil spell. 
Oh, how the gods conspired to shape that radiant disk. Greek historian Plutarch wrote about the Arcadians. They were a very ancient people who lived in Greece. Plutarch described them as a pre-lunar people. Roman poet Ovid also wrote about the Arcadians. In Arcadia's lush fields, where Pan's flute sang, a truth lies hidden, nearly forgot by man. The Arcadians are said to have possessed their land before the birth of Zeus, and the folk is older than the moon. Evidence of a sky with no moon has also been found on the other side of the world. In the ancient site of Tiwanaku in Bolivia, there are symbols that depict the moon coming into orbit. And this happened at a specific moment in time thousands of years ago, long before recorded history. According to the Zulu and other ancient cultures, the moon didn't form. The moon was built and not built here. The Zulus say that the moon was built in another part of the galaxy by the alien race that Wawani and Mpanku came from. They built the moon as a monitoring station to keep an eye on us, the human race. But what kind of aliens are depicted in these old legends? They're not the small gray aliens. The aliens that built the moon are reptilian. Ah, lizard people. Yep, lizard people. Lizard. 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 Better. Let's go. David Icke has written over 20 books about various conspiracy theories. He's covered everything from the Illuminati to UFOs to the multiverse. He's my hero. But he's probably best known for his theory about a humanoid reptilian race. Well, it's not a theory if it's true. Do you mind? Uh, sorry, sorry. Lizard people get me really excited. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, oh, did you know you can buy a lizard people coffee mug for no iFile store? No merch plugs, please. <laughs> Ike claims that humans share the Earth with a race of shape-shifting reptilian humanoids called the Archons. Wawani and Mpanku, the brothers from the Zulu legend who brought the moon to Earth, were Archons. The Sumerians called these Archon brothers Enki and Enlil, who are also rulers of the Anunnaki. This race of reptilians primarily lives underground, but a few of them live among us as well. The surface-dwelling beings are here to make sure humanity stays compliant with and unaware of their plan. They're involved in the highest levels of government, business, and technology. They're monarchs, politicians, and bankers. They own and operate major media companies. Mark, are the allegations true that you're secretly a lizard? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with no on that. I, I, am, I am not a lizard. I am not a lizard. They influence every aspect of human life. They are the Illuminati. When we describe the reptilians as shapeshifters, you might think of a creature that physically changes its shape like Odo from Star Trek, Mystique from Marvel Comics, or Tonks from Harry Potter. Reptilians don't do this. They actually always look like themselves. What they do is manipulate the human brain to perceive them differently. The source of the reptilians' power is their ability to alter our perception of reality. And they don't do this with telepathy, they do this with technology. According to David Icke, the moon is not only a spacecraft, but also a holographic projection device. The broadcasts from the moon warp our reality, or at least our perception of reality. There's what's known as a frequency embargo around the Earth. Wait, 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 wait. Who enforces this uh, embargo? Well, there's a bunch of alien races who are part of a galactic federation, and they keep an eye on the reptilians, but it's a whole thing. Go on, I got time. No, it needs its own video. Uh, but you mean she got me all excited? This is a bunch of bullshit. 
there is much more to reality than we can perceive with our senses. And the human brain is quite capable of experiencing the true universe. In fact, it was specifically designed to do so. But the frequencies that would allow us to see the real world are being blocked. Instead, we're locked into this simple three-dimensional existence, but there is much more being withheld from us. If you believe in simulation theory, then these beings are the creators of the simulation. If you're religious, then these beings are demons or jinn. Either way, they're not our friends. But why? Why would an advanced race want to keep humans oblivious to the real world? Well, when humans were first created, the alien creators learned something. All other animals on Earth are driven by instinct. The instinct to eat, to survive, to reproduce, and that's about it. But when the first humans were given sentience, a byproduct of that sentience was emotion. Sure, humans are still driven by instinct. We're driven to survive and reproduce like every other animal. Ugh, and I got the guppy support payments to prove it. Oof, ah. But because humans are now aware of themselves and their existence, they experience the world differently. They experience fear of the future. Humans experience the pleasure of nostalgia for the past. No other animal has this gift or this curse. Animals kill for survival, but humans kill out of hate. Our alien creators learned that our emotions carry energy. And the creators learned that this energy can be consumed for nourishment. Unfortunately for us, negative emotions are the most nourishing of all. Some have described the alien desire for negative human emotion as a drug addiction. Now, if humans were able to see and understand our true reality, we'd know that our energy or soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it can move to a higher plane of existence after we die. But instead, the alien creators addicted to our emotions keep us here. We're born, we live to feed the creators, then we die. Then we come back and do it all over again. It's forced reincarnation. This process is handled by a piece of equipment that's been called a soul recycler or a soul cube, which is a large box-shaped device that's installed on the moon. The cube watches us and then transmits our energy back to Earth after we die, over and over again, and has been doing so for thousands of years. Now, I know the theory sounds like science fiction, but many skeptics were turned into believers on December 6, 2021. That's when, completely by accident, a lunar probe took a picture of the soul cube. It's my conclusion um, over many years that uh, reincarnation is a trap. It's not that it doesn't exist, although I don't think it, it's quite the same as it's explained. It's a bit more subtle, maybe, but I do think it's a trap. The recycling of souls Reincarnation is the machinery of this universe. John Lear, son of Learjet inventor Bill Lear, flew his first flight at age 14. He became a stunt pilot, a contract pilot for the CIA, and set multiple aviation records. But John Lear is most known for his theories about the alien presence on Earth. He's also exposed a lot of information about the cube-shaped soul catcher on the moon. The soul catcher is the, what we, I think, is the uh, six mile high uh, tower in the middle of Sinus Medi, right in the middle of the uh, center of the moon, if you look at the moon, and uh, the famous photo that Richard found, uh, Lunar Orbiter 384M, shows that huge tower, and he also has two other photographs that, uh, that show that tower. Uh, I think that tower is, um, what I call the soul catcher. When you 
uh, die, your soul is the ghost of the soul catcher. But the moon isn't the only place these soul catchers exist. There are several uh, soul uh, transmission stations, both on Earth and on the moon, and depending on where you're going in your next lifetime uh, is which transmission station uh, takes over. When you couple John Lear's belief in the soul catcher with David Icke's theory that we're stuck in an endless loop of reincarnation, an unsettling reality emerges that our only purpose is to serve as food for our alien jailers. And what's even more upsetting is that negative emotions are really what they crave. Supporters of the reptilian humanoid theory say that when there's a global event that affects millions of people, like a war or major conflict, it's our jailers at work. It might explain why Cro-Magnon Homo sapiens sapiens is so violent. Why are we always in states of war? Why are we competing and always challenged by murder and violence? I really don't like the idea that we're not in control of our lives. And I really hate the idea that we're not in control of our death. So my mind just rejects the idea altogether. But then I found this. What the sh is that? That is the soul cube on the moon. Leaping lizards! See what I did there? This photo was taken December 6, 2021 by the Chinese-made lunar rover U-22 while exploring the far side of the moon. A cube-shaped object is clearly seen 80 meters from the von Karman crater. And for some reason, the China National Space Administration labeled this object Mystery Hut. And this only lends credence to the idea that the moon is a sort of observatory with a soul-harvesting machine. There's even more evidence that Earth is actually what some call a prison planet. In his book, Humans Are Not From Earth, Dr. Ellis Silver contends that humans are actually from another planet. They were brought here thousands of years ago and mated with Neanderthals. The hybrid species is us. My thesis proposes that mankind did not evolve from native Earth organisms, but evolved elsewhere and was transported to Earth between 60,000 and 200,000 years ago. Mankind is supposedly the most highly developed species on the planet, yet is surprisingly unsuited and ill-equipped for Earth's environment. The idea that extraterrestrials played a role in human history is also known as intervention theory. Dr. Silver argues that if humans actually evolved on Earth, we'd be much more comfortable with the environment. For example, humans are really the only animals that are susceptible to sunburn. Fish, reptiles, birds, all have natural ultraviolet protection in their scales and feathers. Whales and dolphins have special skin cells that repair DNA damaged by UV radiation. Any mammal with fur is protected from ultraviolet rays, including apes. If we evolved from apes, why did we lose our hair? Evolution is supposed to make us stronger, not weaker. Eh, not true for your Uncle Vito. That's true, he's pretty hairy. Pretty hairy? Ugh, I bet that guy can open a banana with his feet. Dr. Silver points out that human babies are basically helpless at birth. They require constant attention for years or they'll die. Yes, some species of animals require parental care for a time after birth, but there are plenty of species that require none. Insects, fish, and most reptiles are born completely self-sufficient. Some land mammals are born standing up. Some birds are born with their eyes open and able to find food on their own. No other animal on the planet is as helpless as we are at birth. 
Silver claims the reason so many people have bad backs is that we evolved on a planet with less gravity. That's why as we age, our knees and hips give out. We're not designed to be so heavy. We're also prone to chronic illness more than other mammals. So why were we brought here in the first place? Well, Silver has a few ideas. One is that humans were brought to Earth as a natural predator to wipe out other species. Now, if that's true, it worked. At one time, there were several different hominid species living on Earth at the same time. As recently as just 40,000 years ago, Neanderthals, Denisovans, and at least one other species coexisted with each other for several hundred thousand years. Then modern man arrived and suddenly all other species were gone. But Dr. Silver has another theory that tracks with a lot of what we've discussed today. That humans were removed from our natural environment because we were violent, we were destructive, and we overconsumed natural resources. Well, that hasn't changed. The theory said that the aliens erased our memories so we'd have no recollection of the civilizations and technologies we left behind. Then they dropped us off on Earth and left us to our own devices. They watched us for a while to see how we developed, and eventually they left. All the UFO activity we're seeing now could be our creators coming to check on their creation. Maybe they're checking to see if we've evolved past our violent tendencies. Maybe we're finally ready to be released from our prison and reintegrate into galactic society. If that's really why they're here, then unfortunately for us, our parole, it's going to be denied. The existence of the human soul has been pondered, well, forever. Greek philosophers like Plato and Socrates proposed an immortal soul that lives on after the body's death. Many religions say the soul originates from God and exists eternally. But does scientific evidence support the existence of a soul that can be quantified? In the early 20th century, physician Duncan McDougall tried to determine if the soul had measurable mass. He thought that if a soul existed, it would have weight. So upon death, the soul would escape and the weight loss could be detected. McDougall had six dying patients placed on sensitive scales, finding that they lost an average of 21 grams at the moment of death. He concluded this represented the soul's mass. But this small sample size and errors in methodology cast doubt on the experiment. Modern neuroscience says our consciousness and sense of self exist in our physical brain, not a separate soul. Brain imaging shows that our personality, our memories, and capabilities are tied to physical patterns and activity within our neurons. Damage to certain areas of the brain through injury or disease can impact sensory perception, mobility, emotions, and even one's identity. However, there is an argument that, sure, the brain is responsible for cognition and awareness, but a soul could simply be energy that creates our consciousness. And if so, that consciousness could continue after death. According to new theories using quantum physics, the soul may exist in another dimension beyond our normal space-time. Some tie this to quantum non-locality and entanglement. This is where information is passed between particles, not just faster than the speed of light, but instantly, no matter how far apart they are. This theory says the soul interacts with the human body through quantum states, exchanging information instantly across any distance. Studies of near-death experiences provide intriguing reports of the soul leaving the body and passing through a tunnel and encountering angelic beings or dead relatives. Yet neuroscience says many elements of NDEs are generated by physical brain activity under stress. Out-of-body and near-death episodes have been induced in controlled settings by stimulating specific parts of the brain. 
Conclusive scientific evidence of the human soul has yet to be discovered. But maybe the soul isn't meant to be detected with a scale or a microscope or a computer. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Religions around the world say the soul is eternal. In Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the soul originates from God and can achieve eternal life through faith and virtuous living. Hinduism and Sikhism believe the soul is immortal and reincarnated based on karma. Buddhism is a little different, though. The Wheel of Life provides a symbolic map of samsara in Buddhism. Buddhists must attain enlightenment before moving beyond this cycle, and that can take many, many tries. And that's starting to sound a lot like the soul recycler. And here's something interesting. In the image of the Wheel of Life, which is found on the walls of monasteries and schools all over the world, Buddha, Buddha's pointing at the moon. The moon is the most familiar object in the night sky. It's inspired stories and myths and even religions. The moon has fueled scientific intrigue throughout human history. But here's the thing. The moon is weird. By all accounts, it shouldn't even be there. The moon's orbit is extremely close to the Earth. In fact, it's the largest moon in relation to its host planet in our entire solar system, or any solar system. We've never found anything like this in the galaxy. And this proximity has made total solar eclipses possible. This is because of the precise diameters and distances between the sun, moon, and Earth. This is an unbelievable coincidence. Some might say, impossible. There is no astronomical reason why the moon and the sun should fit so well. It is the sheerest of coincidences, and only the Earth among all the planets is blessed in this fashion. It's not only too close, it's too big. That's what she said. What? Using other planets as a reference, the size of the moon should be about 40 miles in diameter. That's it. It's over 2,000 miles wide. This is also not seen anywhere else. The closest comparison is Pluto and its moon Charon, which is about two-thirds the size of Pluto. But this probably doesn't count because Pluto and Charon are a double dwarf planet. That's what she said. What? The Earth and Moon are also really a double planet. But there's something else strange about that. The barycenter, or center of gravity between the Earth and Moon, is inside the Earth. That means there should be a wobble in the Moon's orbit. The Moon does wobble a little bit, but its orbit is one of the most perfectly circular that's ever been seen. The moon is also precisely locked in orbit so the same side always faces Earth. This is also highly unusual among moons and planets. Some scientists argue that the moon doesn't wobble because it's not very dense, but that's also a problem. If the moon and Earth were formed at the same time, which is the leading theory, then why is the Earth so much more dense? Because the moon is hollow. Right. The Lunar Orbiter experiments vastly improved our knowledge of the Moon's gravitational field, indicating the frightening possibility that the Moon might be hollow. In November 1969, Apollo 12 launched as NASA's second manned mission to the Moon. One of the key objectives was investigating the Moon's interior. Apollo 12 astronauts placed seismometers on the lunar surface, similar to those used to detect earthquakes on Earth. The astronauts then intentionally crashed their ascent stage module into the moon to gather seismic data. Now, instead of typical seismic patterns, the data showed the moon vibrating for over an hour. The moon was famously described as ringing like a bell. The phenomenon led some to speculate that the moon might be hollow. 
or contain significant hollow spaces. This theory is supported by the still-classified Apollo 17 project called Chapel Bell. And this sounds like an experiment that has something to do with sound, but all these years later, it's still classified. Why? In 1970, two Soviet scientists proposed that not only is the moon hollow, the moon is an artificial spacecraft brought to Earth a long time ago. This spaceship moon theory explains many of the anomalies, like the low density, the sound reverberation, and why the moon is even here at all. Spaceship Moon also explains the strange crater issue. Crater issue? Oh yeah, moon craters are very odd. When an asteroid impacts a moon or planet, it leaves a crater. The bigger the asteroid, the deeper the crater, right? Yeah, I feel you. Well, on the moon, no matter how big the object that impacts it, craters don't penetrate deeper than a couple of miles. Now, this could be explained by a rigid, impenetrable outer shell encasing the moon. Spaceship Moon! Mm-hmm. If the astronomical data is reduced, it is found that the data require that the interior of the moon is less dense than the outer parts. Indeed, it would seem that the moon is more like a hollow than a homogeneous sphere. Data also indicates the moon's core is less dense than the outer layers, the complete opposite of, well, every other celestial object ever discovered. This could be evidence that the moon has vast hollow inner cavities. Also, the soil and moon dust on the surface are actually older than the rock and soil within the moon. That only makes sense if the interior moon was mined, hollowed out, and then the material brought to the surface. Now, there are scientific explanations for all of this, but to be honest, they fall short. Looking at all the anomalies and unanswered questions about the moon, the best explanation for the moon is an observational error. It doesn't exist. It's easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than its existence. We cannot help but come to the conclusion that the moon, by rights, ought not to be there. The fact that it is, is one of those strokes of luck almost too good to accept. The moon is weird. It shouldn't be there. And it might be hollow. But is it a transmission device that affects our behavior? Well, there's more crime during a full moon. There are more car accidents. Sensitivity to pain is higher during a full moon. A full moon disrupts our sleep. Some people are prone to erratic behavior during a full moon. This is called the werewolf effect. This is also where the word lunatic comes from. Talk to a cop or a nurse. They'll tell you that they can tell when it's getting close to a full moon. Again, science tries to explain this erratic behavior. Like there's more crime during a full moon because it's easier to see. Uh, no, it's also easier to get caught. Right, the science is thin. And notice that all these changes in behavior during a full moon are negative. More crime, more pain, more car crashes. If there are aliens feeding off our negative emotions and they use the moon to do it, well, suddenly everything makes sense. But there is good news. You can fight back. Reptilian humanoid aliens using technology to alter our reality in order to create negative emotions? Our souls being used for food, then recycled over and over again on the moon? This story is a lot. And how much of it is true? Well, a lot of it depends on your perspective and what you choose to believe. But let's take it one piece at a time. The Anunnaki are documented in Sumerian texts. But there's plenty of documentation of Zeus and Apollo and Athena and the rest of the Greek gods. Same with Roman gods, Norse gods, all gods really. But are any of those gods real? Well, you decide. But Zechariah Sitchin's interpretations of Sumerian texts 
have been largely discredited and disregarded. Eh. He's been criticized for inaccurate translations of the Sumerian tablets. Eh. Skeptics say he manipulated the translations in order to support his theory. Yeah, but uh, his story is true. Maybe. But the story about gods coming from the sky, creating man or helping man, that story is almost universal. The Anunnaki are also connected to the Great Flood, which is a story found in every culture on Earth. Supporters of the Anunnaki theory claim that human genetics have traces of alien DNA. The truth is, human DNA is pretty boring. Our DNA is close to everything on Earth. Chimps share almost 99% of their DNA with humans. Dogs and cows share around 80%. Birds and humans share 65% of their DNA. Humans even share over 50% of their DNA with bananas. You're related to a banana? Yep. Uh, maybe that's why you got a peel. <laughs> Dr. Ellis Silver's theory that humans didn't originate on Earth is really interesting. He lays out a lot of scientific evidence to support this theory. But even he admits the theory has some holes. And he's released updates to try and fill in some of these holes. Still, mainstream science rejects the idea that humans originated on a different planet. But there is a wrinkle. In 2020, researchers discovered that about 50,000 years ago, ancient humans procreated with a species that scientists didn't know existed. They call this ghost DNA. And the timing lines up perfectly with Dr. Silver's theory. His book is amazing, and I'd love to do a full episode on how humans might have been transported here. So if you'd like to see that, let me know. That will be a wild ride. Now, let's talk lizard people. Lizard. 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 Better. The most well-known proponent of the reptilian conspiracy is David Icke. My hero. David Icke is well-read, well-spoken, and highly entertaining. His theories are extremely creative. But like most conspiracy theories, you can't prove or disprove him. Yeah. But remember, in 1991, he claimed to be the son of God and the world was going to end. And he made this claim on television while wearing a turquoise tracksuit. You do claim to be the son of God. Oh, come on. Heroes wear tracksuits. The lizard people story seems to have started in 1934 with an L.A. Times article. A mining engineer claimed to have found tunnels underneath Los Angeles. A Hopi Indian told him the legend of the lizard people, who are an advanced race that escaped through the tunnels 5,000 years ago. Well, that's why so many movie stars are shape-shifting lizard people. Easy commute. Uh, maybe, but there are no tunnels and there is no Hopi legend of the lizard people, so uh, I don't believe that one. And honestly, when I started this topic, I didn't believe any of it. Well, except for the moon stuff. The, the moon is weird. But while researching, I found myself bouncing between feelings of depression and fear and anxiety and especially anger. The message boards, blogs, comment sections I came across are filled with people expressing outrage. They're furious that they have us all trapped in this never-ending loop of misery. That we are made to endure this torturous, unfair life time and time again. We're not given a choice to come back or not. Our only purpose is to be food for our prison guards. But if they truly believe that an advanced race is feeding off our negative emotions, well, they're giving our jailers exactly what they want. There were so many comments that were blame-seeking. I saw a lot of people with a self-centered victim mentality. It was frustrating to read, but I understand it. Life is hard. Life is unpredictable. And life is painful. When things in life go wrong, it's easy to shift responsibility to a theoretical they instead of looking in the mirror. 
David Icke, John Lear, and others who promote the reptilian conspiracy say that we don't have to exist in an endless cycle of pain and reincarnation. Negative emotions fuel the cycle. Positive emotions can break it. So you have a choice. You can choose to be the change. Choose kindness over anger. Choose acceptance over judgment. And choose gratitude over the endless desire for more. Choose joy over sadness and mercy over revenge. Just choose love over hate. Now, I know it's not easy. I really, I really do. But your life really can be whatever you want it to be. The choice is yours. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. My name is AJ. That's Hecklefish. What's the word, you sexy nerd? This has been The Y Files. If you had fun or learned anything, do us a favor, like, subscribe, comment, share. That stuff really helps. And like most topics we cover on the channel, today's topic was recommended by you. So if there's a story you'd like to see or learn more about, go to thewifiles.com slash tips. Now, if you need more Y Files in your life, check out the Y Files Discord. There's thousands of people on there 24-7, and they're all a little bit weird, like we are. And special thanks to our patrons who make this channel possible. You guys are the heart of the channel, and I couldn't do this without you. Now, if you'd like to support the channel, consider becoming a member on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you get all kinds of perks, special access on Discord, early access to videos without commercials, early access to fun products like the Hecklefish Talking Plushie, and two extra live streams a week just for you. But if you'd rather get something for your money, I get it. Check out the Wi-Fi store. Grab one of these Hecklefish Talking Plushie Fish Dolls. I promise the plushies will not harvest your soul. Well, that's a relief. Uh, but they will harvest about 30 bucks. Well, that's going to do it. Until next time, be safe, be kind. I know that you are appreciated. A secret code inside the Bible said I was I love my UFOs and paranormal fun As well as music, so I'm singing like I should But then another conspiracy theory becomes the truth, my friends And it never ends, no it never ends I got stuck inside Mel's home with MK Ultra. I'm being only too aware. Did Stanley Kubrick fake the moon landing alone on a film set? Or were the shadow people there? The Roswell aliens just fought the smiling man. I'm told, and his name was Cold. And I can't believe. The solar storm still come to a god the 
secret city underground. Mysterious number stations, planets circle to Project Stargate and what the Dark Watchers found. Then a simulation, don't you worry though. The Black Knight satellite, it's so I can't believe. 